Now then, welcome to the Social Media Podcast. How are you doing? This is Simon Scholes here, founder and creative director of Perception Studios. Thank you very much, as always, for joining me. Uh, today, as always, we're going to be listening to the audio back from this morning's Days Confused and Generally Buggered, which is my daily live video, which I'm putting out all the time at the moment to try and help answer your social media and video questions that you have uh, burning inside you right now during this craziness that we're all called lockdown and COVID-19. Uh, don't forget, if you are interested, you can sponsor the live daily broadcast and all the content that comes from it, including this podcast, uh, for a weekly basis. So please do get in touch if you're interested in that. My email address is in the section below. And without further ado, shall we get started? The Social Media Podcast with Simon Scholes. Tips, hints and great content ideas. Good morning, and it is still morning, just about, I think. Yes, it is, isn't it? Definitely still morning. Anyway, good morning. How are you diddling today? Oh, Max has been playing with this. There we go. That's better. Um, Hopefully you're well. Excellent. Me too. Thank you very much for asking. Welcome to another episode of Dazed, Confused and Generally Buggered on a Sunday. Uh, Time for a Sunday roast. I'd really fancy one of those today as well. Might go and uh, buy the bits and pieces. Um, it's an essential shop after all. Anyway, good morning. Um, hopefully you're having a good Sunday. It's a beautiful day outside. Look at that sunshine overexposing me from behind. Um, and so hopefully you're going to get a chance to go and make the most of it during your daily exercise moments whenever those are going to come up. We've been for a nice walk around the local lakes just near us here. And uh, we'll go for a walk again later on this afternoon as well after we've had some lunch. So that's our day ahead. Anyway, who am I and what am I doing here? I am Simon Scholes, founder and creative director of this bad boy right here. Uh, We are an award-winning visual marketing agency and we help brands and businesses uh, create bespoke content for their social media. So that could be video, animation, aerial work, photography, visual graphics, all that kind of stuff that really helps them stand out. And we've worked with some big blue chip companies all the way down to smaller local businesses who are looking for help as well. However, a few years ago, it became quite obvious to me that not every business has a budget necessarily set aside for creating content. But understanding that social media is really important for business, for me, I decided I wanted to try and help as many small businesses as possible start creating content, understanding what they could do themselves for free rather than having to pay an agency to do it for them. And then when they come to the more powerful creative content, then they'll come to an agency and get that work done for them in the end. But there is a load of stuff you can do yourself organically. So that's how I came up with my how to nine times your social media process, which is basically a process that allows you to create one piece of content repurpose that into many pieces of content and redo that every single week and hopefully get people onto that content creation journey, especially at the moment, because there's a lot of people with a brand, with a business that are floundering a bit. They're not really sure what to do. So number one, we should always be selling. People are still buying stuff out there. Don't believe that they're not. But also, if you really want to, you could start building your brand, start building more of a name for yourself across social media so that these people who will then follow you on social media could potentially become your ideal customer in the near future. But all you've got to do is start putting some content out. And if you're not putting anything out, then nobody can consume it. Nobody can get the value. Nobody will come become your customer. So that is kind of like, I want to get you started. I want to get you creating. So that's the whole point of this. So we're right now, we're live on Instagram Live. Thank you very much to Chris Hopkins, who's just joined us. Uh, also, we're live on Twitch. We're live on Periscope, Twitter, 
Facebook's How to Nine Times Your Social Media Group, and also on the business page as well. And we're also live on the Perception Studios website. So we're all over the place. I think we've got all bases covered apart from LinkedIn, who will, still will not let me do a live video, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll work around that one. Um, so as always, the platforms are open for you to ask your questions about social media, about video, and I'll do my best to answer as many of them as I possibly can do. What I do want to do as well today is kind of cover off a little bit about scammers and just the people who are out there trying to get you to do courses and so on and so forth and like drawing you in. They're making millions, but they're actually not really offering a great deal. And also there's a lot of social media experts out there who are also offering very little to no help at all. Um, and it's just about actually spying them out, looking for them and thinking logically about these people. Um, so yeah, we're going to cover that off as well. We've got a few questions in this morning. Uh, good morning to uh, Jay Adam, who's uh, watching on Twitch. Thank you very much for joining us, Jay. And also hello to Ed as well. Hope you're having a good weekend. I am indeed. Thank you very much. And uh, hello to Yarrow, who's just joined us over in Slovakia. So then, scammers. There are so many of them out there. It is unbelievable. In fact, there's a, a guy who I would fully recommend you go and follow called Mike Winnett. Um, he made a business, made his money, stepped away from the business, and then has started calling out a lot of these, what he calls contrepreneurs, and he's trademarked that name. So I'm not using it for my own business. I'm just saying he calls out what he calls contrepreneurs. And if you want to go and check him out, his, his, his content is brilliant. Um, really, really cool stuff. I've put the link in the comments on whatever platform you're watching at the moment, apart from Instagram Live, because I can't get it on there. Um, but yeah, his content is fantastic, um, and it's just great to see him calling these people out, and sometimes not necessarily even by name, but there are so many of them out there, so many people who will just get drawn into whatever message this person is has got because they've marketed themselves in the right way, um, and because they've marketed themselves in such a specific way or targeted their content to you in a specific way, your brain thinks they're your friend and effectively they will then go and buy something from them and yeah, you end up being fleeced a lot. So there are people who've been selling SEO courses online. You'll have seen their adverts popping up and like it's, oh yeah, you should come on my course to learn how to do YouTube adverts and so on and so forth. Or you should come on my course to learn how to do digital marketing or you should come on learn on my course and learn how to do this and that and the other. Um, I went to an event last year, Success Resources, um, and it was just full of these people who just effectively were just constantly selling from the stage, but talking utter bullshit. There was one guy who was supposedly an expert in his field, used to charge £80,000 a day to go into a corporate company, but was only going to charge you £600 to come on his day course. Fuck off. Excuse my French. On a Sunday as well, I know, but utter bullshit. Do not get bought in by this crap. Do not get bought in by it. The people who are willing to give you value will give you value for free. Most of the stuff that these people are trying to teach you is stuff you can learn online for nothing, for absolutely nothing, nada. You type into Google what it is that you're looking for and they will offer you that help. Now, if somebody is selling a course and you go onto Google and you cannot find any of that help, then that course is probably worth paying for. I'm not saying all courses are completely against the grain and completely trying to con you. I'm just saying be a little bit smarter about what it is that you're doing with your money. It's in a scarce commodity at the moment, let's be honest. Not everybody's spending. We want people to spend, and some people are, but not everybody is. 
So you need to be sensible with your money. And so if you're going to try and educate yourself, which is a great thing to be doing during this downtime, then be careful who it is that you're approaching to take your cash. Just do a little bit of research. Go out there and actually have a look at some of the other stuff they've been posting. See what other people have been saying. See what you're likely to get from the course. Go and talk to people who've maybe taken the course and see if it's actually helped them. Because just because they've put a good testimonial on their website, they're hardly going to put bad testimonials on their website, are they? They're not going to put a testimonial on their website that says, well, so-and-so, so-and-so took my money, and let's be honest, I didn't really learn a great deal that I couldn't have learned for free, bit shit, and I want my 1500 quid back. Because these people are charging thousands, not tens or twenties, thousands of pounds for you to learn something you could potentially learn for free so you've got to be so careful do some research as ed says personally i would never pay for a course to learn how to do something like video editing everything's already available to us on youtube exactly and it is the same for a lot of stuff seo it's there on youtube you've just got to go searching for it linkedin how to put together a profile all these different things are available as video formats or you can go onto a blog and read it the stuff there that you can consume you've just got to sort the wheat from the chaff there are people who can do it better than you can but it's always nice to have that background knowledge of what somebody's going to be doing for you anyway isn't it it's it's like just okay i couldn't fix my car but i know that I need a new oil filter, or I know that my brakes are gone, rather than just, oh, just do whatever and charge me whatever. And that's what a lot of these courses generally are. And then you walk away with a, a skill set that you could have probably learned um, with 30 or 40 hours worth of video watching and a bit of practice and a bit of um, playing around with stuff. So just don't get bought into all these courses. And the same as well with experts out there who are supposedly there to help. Do a bit of research. I've seen so many recently social media experts, and this is this is terrible because I promised I would not do a rant, but I've just seen too many recently about this stuff where social media experts, if you go back through what they do, they say like their first post about it would be, oh, I, I want to be a social media expert, but I don't know where to start. Well, if you're a social media expert, surely you, that's the whole point. You know where to start. that's what you're going to be selling. So if you don't know what to do for your own business on social media, what the hell are you going to do for your clients when they come to you? And I've spoken to people recently where they've known people who are supposed experts in social media and they have fleeced people for money and not even delivered, which is terrible, absolutely horrendous. And not just for that person who's been fleeced, but from the entire marketplace, because then other people will also be in, be in a position where they go, oh, well, I've, I've already paid that amount of money. It didn't do anything for me. I'm not going to use that source of um, marketing ever again. So just be so careful. Do some research before you just splash the cash. Be careful who it is you're spending with. And, be sure, and I'm not saying I'm the right person to be spending money with by, by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not. I'm just saying find the right person. Find the person that you enjoy working with and the person who can definitely deliver, not just somebody who can just bamboozle you with a few words because you don't understand the platforms that they're talking about. Having a quick look at some of the comments, um, let's have a look on here. Uh, AJ is saying, but sometimes is it okay to get the experts in to help? YouTube doesn't answer everything. Knowledge and experience is invaluable. Absolutely, 100%. But 
try and do a little bit yourself if you can do. Sometimes it's absolutely fine to get the experts in. For example, it's fine to get a creative agency in to help you create content that would be putting some paid money behind it. It's fine to get an expert who understands putting money behind an advert in the first place rather than potentially doing it yourself. Now, you can still go and learn these skills, and I think it's a good to have that background knowledge to understand it a little bit because then you can start questioning people a little bit better when it comes to the people quoting you for doing a piece of work. How much better is it for you to go than, than going, right, there's there's three pipe prices, I'll go for the middle one, or to be able to go, there's three prices. Okay, so how do you narrow down the demographics? So when I'm looking from this particular area, and um, that's who I want to, to be talking to, um, obviously you can do this on, on YouTube. How is that something you do? Or something like you could ask another question about Facebook adverts. I want to run Facebook adverts against events that are happening um, around the country, and I want to target the people who are attending those events rather than just the event. Is that possible? Those kind of things which you know are true, but you're just being able to question a little bit. I think that's invaluable as well. So getting a bit of knowledge behind you, not necessarily saying you're an expert, but having a bit of knowledge so that you can ask the right questions and be sure that people aren't just going to take you for a ride I think is invaluable as well. So yes, it's all well and good for going for somebody with knowledge and experience, but just be careful you've got the right person. Do some research. Make sure they are able to deliver what it is that they're saying they can deliver. There's so, there's so many people out there who will charge the earth and then potentially not deliver or say they have delivered and then won't allow you to go and speak to other people. I know a guy who contacted me and um, I, I took it down the line a little bit and um, he wanted to help me um, actually get my podcast out to a wider audience. I can do that myself, but I wanted to take this down a little bit more of a rabbit hole with him. So I was like, well, okay, so tell me what you do and you tell me what he does. I was like, okay, fine. I want to speak to some of your former clients and he wouldn't let me do that. Now, either A, he's got no former clients, fine, everybody's got to start somewhere, or B, his former clients just ain't happy with what it is that he does. And I knew he had former clients because he bragged about having these former clients. But when I was asked for a contact detail so that I could get in touch with them and find out how the process worked for them, he wasn't happy to do that. So it's always worth just doing a little bit of research so you don't end up losing hundreds, potentially thousands of pounds by going with the wrong person. So hopefully um, that kind of answers that a little bit for you there, AJ. So yes, absolutely. Go with people with good experience. But in the first place, I, I, I'm just a firm believer of just having a little bit of knowledge isn't necessarily always a dangerous thing, as long as you don't believe you're an expert. I used to work with somebody who used to get a little knowledge and believe you knew, believed he knew everything. And that was dangerous because then he would try to correct people and then look like a bit of an idiot when he couldn't correct them in the correct way. Having a little bit of knowledge and admitting, you know what, I'm not an expert, but I do know a bit. So how about X, Y, and Z? I think just stands you in a better stead, especially when you're talking to the experts, because then, then, then they know you're kind of a little bit serious about this as well, and they're not going to fleece you and, and, and bullshit you, hopefully, um, and then you'll find the right person, fingers crossed. Okay, that's enough of me ranting on about that kind of stuff. I'm not ranting about anybody in particular. I just want to. I just don't want to see people getting fleeced, especially right now. There's so many courses out there, and um, 
just yeah everybody just thinks the next best thing to do for their business at the moment is release a course and it might not necessarily be the right thing for you to buy that course and um, especially when you buy the course and then you, you go onto google and you find that you could have even paid half for it or somebody's written a blog which is exactly what you're about to to learn for free exactly why would why would you want to pay just do some do some research have a bit of common sense hold your horses don't be in such a rush to grow your brand bang like this, like all these people are promising. They're going to promise you gold at the end of the rainbow, um, and the rainbow is just over there, and all you've got to do is do this and do that, and you'll be fine. You'll be making a fortune in no time. Um, nobody's willing to tell you. It's actually hard work, and nobody's willing to tell you that you can get this information for free if you just did a Google search. Okay, we're going to go to... Um, Get some questions in now. If you've got any questions at all, no matter what platform you're watching on, uh, stick them in and I'll do my best to have a look. Here we go. There's a question in from Jamie Sharp, who's uh, tuned in uh, on Instagram. Do you think it's worth outsourcing your social media management in the long run? I hope you're well, Simon. I'm very well indeed. Thank you very much, Jamie. Um, Outsourcing your social media work, yes, if you're in a position to do so. Not everybody's in a position to do so. So I think it's... um, Absolutely fine. I think it's a great thing to do because you have to get to that position where eventually you outsource work so that you can concentrate on what it is that you're good at. If you are a social media manager, then it would be daft not to do your own social media management. But if you are a carpenter and you've got money coming in hand over fist and you've built a small following on social media, but you want to keep increasing your brand on social media and you've got work coming in, then why would you not use that work to pay for the social media management. There's a chance that what you're gonna earn is probably gonna be worth more than paying somebody to do it for you. And that's how you've got to look at it. This is something that I picked up from um, a mindset coach that I go to, George Swift, Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. And his mindset is very much the case of, well, if you're gonna earn 90 pound an hour doing X and somebody can pay 15 pound an hour to do your ironing, but you're not paying somebody 15 pound an hour to do your ironing, why? because you could be earning £90 minus the 15 You could still be making £75 an hour working while somebody's doing your ironing for you. So absolutely, it's fine to outsource your social media management, whatever in, in your business. It's fine to outsource your accountancy if you're not an accountant. It's fine to outsource everything that you don't consider yourself an expert at, 100%. I know when Perception Studios gets to a certain size, I will not be the CEO of the business because that is not my strong point. I will step back and bring somebody in, outsource somebody into the business to be the CEO of the business because that's not my strong area. My area is creative. So I will step back, become a creative, and let somebody else run the business. You have to know what your weaknesses are and you have to know what your strengths are. And my weakness would be that. But I know my strength is in running creative. So that's where I would put my strengths and let somebody else have their strengths running the business. Doesn't mean I wouldn't still own it, but somebody else would be running it for me and doing a damn sight better job than I would. And that's how you've got to look at it. If somebody can do a better job than you managing your social media and you can afford to pay them to do it because you would make more in an hour or just generally you're making enough money so that you could pay somebody to do it and take that job off your chest, off your shoulders and give yourself a bit more time, then do it. Pay somebody to do it for you. Hopefully, um, in a not too convoluted way, Jamie, that's answered your question. Um, I, I think it probably has done. Okay, let's have a look what else we've got here. 
Um, Ed is saying, um, that's a good tip, talking about what I was talking about, scammers. I always try and contact former clients to see what the service was like before I buy it. I've paid people to do graphic design work for me in the past, and I'm very suspicious of purchasing something from Fiverr.com. I'd always ask for recommendations and seek out what former clients thought of their service. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy not to. You wouldn't – it's the same. You wouldn't have somebody come and build a wall in your house without getting recommendations from people. So why would you do anything different for your business? This is the foundations of your house, the foundations of your business. Get it done right. Get it done by somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about rather than just fingers crossed, bit of wind in the air. Yeah, the wind's in the right direction uh, today. I'll be absolutely fine. Um, I agree with Fiverr as well. Um, however, Fiverr is an interesting one because it is diluting the marketplace for a lot of graphic designers, a lot of voice servers, a lot of video editors, all that kind of stuff with people charging way underneath the, the going rate because obviously the amount of money that they're charging is in a livable amount where they're from or what have you. Um, I still think it's a good place to find people to do things, especially if you don't have a huge budget. Um, but if you do have a budget of some sort, um, then I would definitely try and talk to somebody local to you. Number one, you're supporting a local business. And number two, you can probably sit down face-to-face -face with that person and have a chat with them and actually get to know what they're like and, yeah, really get a good rapport with them going and an emotional connection and potentially do more work with them in the future. So, um, yeah, I like Fiverr. I think it's a great site within reason. Um, and yeah, you do have to be a little bit careful. Some people just don't deliver, although the higher end guys, because obviously not everything on there is a fiver, um, usually will deliver. Um, Jamie says, appreciate that. Good stuff. Excellent. Hopefully that means you uh, you liked my answer. Um, fingers crossed you did. <laughs> okay, let's have a look at some of your questions that have come out. Um, okay, this is a good one. Uh, right. I'm 22 and I study German translation and I hate it. And I want to start my life with a new and strong decision. I want to learn sales and marketing, especially focus on digital marketing. Here we go. But I have no idea how and from where I can learn because it all seems scammy. Sit down and find people who are not selling courses. I've just said this. Um, just step away from the scammers. Um, Metin, who um, he's happy for me to say his name. Uh, Metin, just step away from the scammers. Step away from the courses that are all selling to you. Find the free stuff. Learn some basics and then see how much further you want to take it. Maybe you will want to specialize in a specific platform rather than saying you can do everything and um, maybe you'll want to say actually i want to work on visual stuff so then you'll be working on pinterest and instagram and that kind of stuff so just yeah I'd, i would just say look around see what other people are offering see what you really enjoy creating on see what you enjoy talking about see what you can learn about easily and have a passion behind and then go go towards that um but yeah just just don't just don't be one of these people who then instantly goes onto social media and says, I'm a digital marketing expert, come and buy my product. When you're not, you have no knowledge, you're still learning, go away, do some learning, stick to what you're doing at the moment, the German translation, be a good backup for you, and then step into the digital marketing arena when you are comfortable enough that you have enough knowledge. And in fact, with the German translation behind you, being able to speak German, you could maybe look at pushing yourself into a German market, even if you're not in the country. Um, so I think that's probably quite a powerful tool to have behind you as much as you're potentially hating it at the moment. Uh, let's have a quick look here. Uh, another question here from Jamie. Okay, no props. Uh, there's such a variety of prices social media management agencies or freelancers charge. Is there an average rate for social media management? 
how long is a piece of string, Jamie? You're right. There are so many different prices out there. Um, it depends on what you're looking for the person to offer. Um, don't necessarily believe everybody when they say they can do it for like 50 quid a month. Um, get the ins and outs. Again, it just comes down to research and finding out what they're actually able to offer and seeing some results from that as well. Um, remember, just posting something doesn't necessarily mean that they're a social media manager. They might just be posting your content. That, in my mindset, would just be somebody who's getting the content sent to them by either an agency or you're creating it yourself. Um, all the way through to the agency will create the content, will plan the content, will help you sort out who your avatar is if you don't already know who your avatar is and target the content to those people, putting it onto particular platforms where they're going to be, understanding everything fully. There's probably very many different layers that you need to be looking at. So, yeah, you could be looking at somebody who says, I'm going to do it for 25 quid a month to somebody who's going to say they're going to do it for 1,500 quid a month. And obviously the person who's doing it for 1,500 quid a month it's probably going to do it a bit more in depth than the person who's going to do 50. But without a bit of research between the two, you don't know. Maybe the person who's 50 quid is just mega cheap. Um, the, the average I've seen and the average we charge is around about two to £400 um, a month. Um, and that doesn't necessarily include content creation because content creation is, is another level um, and not something necessarily everybody's capable of paying for. Um, but to actually just distribute some content around about two to four hundred pound a month and if they're looking to help you create some content through stuff that you've already created maybe another two or three hundred pound a month um because let's remember content is king you can't just get somebody to write some crap onto your um social media channels you've got to have a plan in place you've got to understand who you're trying to talk to how these things have got to be written if somebody's going to be doing it for you 100 percent, they should be trying to make the content that they're writing specific to each channel so that it appeals to the audience on that channel so obviously linkedin would be slightly more business-based tiktok would be a younger audience so they'd look to try and write it in that way uh, facebook would be more middle-aged but not necessarily in a business mindset so writing it in the way that they're going to appeal to i would definitely expect somebody who's looking after my social media to be writing specific to that channel now whether the content that they're creating is also going to be specific to that channel it really does depend on budget because obviously if they're repurposing your content then they're only working with what they've got and if they're creating content then your budgets are going to have to go a lot higher than like 400 quid a month way higher hopefully that answers that one i think that's um a succinct answer ish ish kind of thing Okay, let's have another look. Um, what Anthony is asking, what do I do in a recession um, and how do I live with it? Okay, a recession is a huge opportunity. You're going to find businesses, and I don't know what you do, Anthony, but you're going to find businesses in your area of expertise where you give value are going to crumble. And it's a really sad situation because we're going to see a lot of businesses find the situation just too difficult to keep going and that's not where we want to be obviously we want to see everybody thriving because there's enough room for everybody in the marketplace but we are going to see people crumble and so it makes it an opportunity for you in your business to not necessarily pick up those clients that they've lost out on but to be more creative with how you're putting yourself out there so the more people can get to notice you right now build your brand get more people talking about you get more people sharing your content get more people getting value from what it is that you've got to say and then when the recession hits 
and people will start to understand that they still need to be spending money to try and get us out of the recession in the first place, they will hopefully come to you as a potential voice of authority in the area that you're an expert at. I don't know what area you're working, Anthony, so it's a difficult one to answer, but build your brand, build brand, keep trying to push through the recession, try to get, excuse me, retainers or what have you, if you can, to just cover the bills, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, just keep pushing forward with your business. The recession is really difficult. And this will be the second one I've gone through. Um, and I know people who've gone through more and they're, they're not easy things to, to get through to the other side of. So yeah, just keep your fingers crossed, work hard. Don't be afraid to sell. Um, remember people still have money in a recession. They just don't want to spend it. That's the whole point of a recession is people are not spending, not necessarily they don't have Okay, uh, Stephanie, question is, uh, what social media applications do I use and for what? And how should the posts vary on different platforms? Wow, that's a way, that's a massive question. Very varied there, Stephanie. Um, okay, so the posts should different differ from platform to platform. Let's lose that first question because the applications you should be using, there's all sorts of different applications out there. There's things like Clipomatic, which will transcribe and caption your videos if you're doing 60 second videos. There's Ripple, there's Tailwind, there's all sorts of different things out there that you could be using. Literally, I'm not gonna start talking about every single potential application. That just would be three days worth of me speaking. So let's just go on to the second question, uh, which is how should you post, post vary on different platforms? So, of course, it should vary on different platforms. What you're posting on Facebook will not necessarily translate and be appreciated by the people that you're posting to on LinkedIn. You've got a better chance because the audiences are starting to become very similar, but you couldn't necessarily post what you post on LinkedIn, what you post on TikTok. So take somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk, for an example. He found that what he was posting on LinkedIn with all this swearing in was getting quite a low engagement rate because the swearing was in there, but it was sky high on other channels like TikTok and Snapchat and even on Facebook and on YouTube because people didn't mind it. People were kind of more accepting. What he did was get his team to beep out the swearing on LinkedIn. So the minute he started doing that, that content started to perform much better to the point where he created a new YouTube channel so that children could be listening to the content as well as their parents, where all the swearing is beeped out. So it's not an issue for a parent to sit down and watch a Gary Vee video with the kids and the kids get value from it and that mindset work and that kind of stuff, as well as the parents get the same benefit from what he's got to say too. So I think you, you need to certainly look at how you can make your content different on different social media channels. However, this comes back to the thing that most people have a pain point with, which is time. Right now, we've all got a little bit more time on our hands, but generally we don't all have time on our hands when we're back to work. And so you need to weigh up the pros and cons of whether you wanna write specific content for everything or pay somebody to write specific content for everything, which could be quite costly, or just take a step back and just go, actually, you know what? If I'm not putting anything out on these channels, then nobody can get any value whatsoever. It might not appeal to everybody who's going to see it on this particular social media channel, but it's better to put it out on there than not put anything whatsoever, as long as it's not detrimental to your brand. So in which case, put those videos out. 
put that content out, put that blog out. It doesn't matter necessarily if you've written the blog uh, for your audience, particularly as a business, and then you're posting it onto Medium, which is a different platform for posting um, blogs onto or onto Tumblr, because the chances are somebody's going to see it, somebody's going to get value from it, and that's what you want. You want just to open that line of communication. So I think, yes, it matters, but it's not the be-all and end-all when you're first starting. Just make the content you've got work harder for you across multiple channels. If you've got a blog, put it on your website. Don't just put it on your website. Put it on your Facebook page as a long piece of content on a, as a post on your business page. Put it on Medium, which is, like I say, um, an external um, blog site. You could put it on Tumblr. You could put it on LinkedIn as an article. All these different places you could put it. And that's just one piece of content, five different places. So effectively, five pieces of content from one piece of content that you've written. You've got to just start thinking a little bit outside the box a bit more and uh, being a bit clever with where you're putting stuff and how you're making it work for you. You can make your content work harder for you. Don't expect everybody to find it on your website. I worked with an accountant a few years ago, and he'd written a couple of blogs. Number one, they were really salesy, so we had to change that. But number two, they were just sat on his website. He was expecting people to come and find them on his website. He wasn't telling anybody about them anywhere else. You cannot do that. Remove the friction, put them in different places, tweet about your blogs, get them in, put them out on Facebook as native content, put them out on LinkedIn as native content, let people consume the value. Don't always expect people to come to your website and in the hope that they're going to make a purchase from reading your blog. Just put the value out there and if they want to come and find you, they will find you. Trust me. It's happened for me in the past. So it will happen for you. Okay, um, right, last question, unless any more questions do come through on um, Instagram Live or on whatever platform you're watching on at the moment. Okay, uh, Sophia, um, I want to build an audience for my content in English and mostly influenced by American culture. I don't share the American lifestyle. Let me just read the rest. Okay, so she doesn't live in America, so it's hard to reach Americans, and the Moroccans who like this kind of content go straight to the source. Okay, so you're obviously Moroccan. Okay, number one, I would probably lean towards what makes you different from everybody else. The fact that you're a Moroccan and you enjoy American culture makes you different. So lean towards that. That would make it interesting content in its own right. The other thing I would do, and you may not like me saying this, is I would probably err away from making your content in English. There are a million other content creators who have already been doing what you do and They've already got the audience there and you're jumping into a cannibalized marketplace. That's not to say you can't succeed. I'm sure you could in time, but you might get despondent by the fact that you're not seeing the, the results that you want to see. I think right now, as somebody who creates content for American culture and you're Moroccan, you should be doing your content in Moroccan, whether it's French that you speak or Arabic or whatever. You should be doing your content for the people who can consume it in the country you're from and the neighboring countries who also speak the same language. I think that's a far more potential, powerful tool for you and a much bigger potential audience than you're really giving it credit for. I don't know the reasons behind you wanting to do the content in English and it would be great to get you on the broadcast if you wanna come and join me and we can have a chat um, and delve a little bit deeper. But for me, I would take a step back and just go, you know what? Maybe doing it in English isn't the right idea. Maybe doing it 
in my native tongue is probably better and more powerful and will give me a better opportunity um, of being found as a creator because those people are obviously searching that content because you've just said this kind of content Moroccans already go straight to the source. Fine, then become the source. Why would you become the source? Because you speak the language they speak. They will understand you far more easily than somebody who speaks English and maybe rolls their words or has a really distinct accent. You can speak to them in the language that they speak. And that's far more powerful. I remember speaking to a company who came to me and they'd found that the, their actual product was selling really, really well in a specific country. And it was just, it was phenomenal. They were like seeing like, their sales had shifted completely from like 80% in the UK to 80% in this other country and like 20% in the UK. It was just like a massive shift in dynamic. And they were trying to post content for this other country, but it was still in English. And I said, well, why are you doing it in English? Well, I don't speak that language. I said, well, find a translator then. Find somebody who can translate your content into that language because if you're seeing that much of a massive shift, you could potentially move your entire business there and have dribs and drabs coming from other people. And if you're talking their language, more people are going to appreciate that, share it with their friends and family, and potentially buy your product through the fact that you're speaking their language. And so that's exactly what they did. And they saw their sales grow exponentially. It was just that simple little idea made a huge difference to their brand and to their business. Um, and so, yeah, I think talking in your own language could just be a, a huge differenti differentiator for you, uh, Sophia. So um, I would grab it with both hands and give it a go. Um, right, okay, we've been going for 36 minutes. Um, let's have a look here, question here from Parmesan, who's watching on YouTube. Hello, Shirley. Um, this may be a stupid question. Should one have a separate place for your business or words? Um, and here we go. So a little bit extra. I mean, should one have a separate email or sites for their business than their personal, even if it's just a handy helper type of thing? Yes and no. Um, you may not have the money to necessarily do that, but mixing the two together, mixing your personal and a business together becomes a little bit muddy. So you will see my content on my YouTube channel, for example, has changed over time from being a daily vlog to a daily vlog about the business to now specifically business-based content about social media and video and trying to help people grow in that marketplace for free. So if you are somebody who creates content of a specific type and then your business is something completely detached from that, I would 100% look to have a website and different places to post content about that because otherwise you're just going to muddy the waters. Your audience are going to go a bit like, oh, oh right, okay, what what is it they, they do? Well, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I was chatting about this the other day. There was a guy who emailed in and he was a chef, a musician, something else. I can't remember exactly what it was. And also he classed himself as an entrepreneur. And I was, and he was saying, "Well, I, and I can't grow an audience." I was like, "No, no wonder you can't grow an audience." That was, that was it. It was a photographer as well. I was like, "Well, if you're a chef, musician, photographer, unless you're singing while you're making food and taking photographs of it at the end of it, try to niche down, and your audience just don't want confusing. Just niche down. If you've got multiple things that you enjoy, find the one thing that you enjoy, make content 
on that one thing and then do the personal stuff on the side as a bit of a fun, bit of a laugh and all that kind of stuff. I have an Instagram channel for my business. I have an Instagram channel for me as a brand and I have a private one for me and Max and we do all our fun and have a laugh and all that kind of stuff and family photographs and that kind of thing. But then never the three shall meet kind of thing. Try and keep it all different if you possibly can do, unless there's a real connection between it. I'd, um, I'd try and keep it all different. Hopefully that answers your question, Parmigiana, um, who's watching on YouTube. Um, good morning uh, to Miles, who's tuned in on Instagram. Thank you very much for joining us, Miles. Um, right, anyway, I think we're going to call it a day there. It's nearly 40 minutes, and uh, I want to go and enjoy some of the sunshine. So until tomorrow, thank you very much for watching today. Have a safe Sunday. Have a really good Sunday. Uh, wherever you are in the world. And um, I will see you tomorrow morning, same time-ish. Obviously, depends on whether Max wants to go to sleep or not. And um, until then, stay safe and have a good one. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with me on any of the platforms, feel free to do so. And if you're watching this on replay, feel free to drop your questions in right now and we'll answer them on tomorrow's live. Okay, take it easy. My voice is going. I'll see you then. Bye. This was a Perception Studios production.